This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. It's, it's not awkward at all. We're in the press box. This is the TRT Community Podcast. Where we discuss all things testosterone. Welcome, gentlemen, to another episode of All Things Testosterone. If you're joining us for the first time, we chat about anecdotal stories, hints, tips, and research studies for men considering TRT. Feel free to check out testosteronepodcast.com for more information about our free TRT support community, research, blog, and YouTube channel. You can also text TRT to 66866 to get the newsletter. Today, I'm joined by two familiar voices, Ian. Hello, Brandon. And Eric. Hey. And we're, we're going to chat about the 10, I won't call them the 10 most common struggles. I will call them 10 struggles that I came up with quickly surrounding TRT. I like that. Yeah. Because you, um, you could probably look through like the top 10 posts that are in the TRT community and get a pretty good FAQ, list. if you will. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> Facebook doesn't make it easy for content creators. That's what I am now. I'm a content creator to, to get that kind of data, you know, they won't tell me where my guys live. Uh, they won't tell me what their you know most common posts are. They'll just tell me that Steven Geis dominates everything. He posts like 400 times a month. Does he get the little coffee cup? Is it? He gets whatever the highest honor is. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have something next to mine. It's not the coffee cup anymore. Is it's it like visual storyteller. No, maybe you've posted some pictures. It's not the visual storyteller. It's like the rising star. Maybe, maybe I think it's because I've done really well in like my first month of yeah. being in the community. Yeah. It's not Steven just, Geis, just understand Steven guys. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that guy, I don't, did you see the posts that I made last month about the top 10 contributors? Yes. Because his was like, he was number one at like 7 million. And then number two was like a hundred. I mean, it was, he's, he's didn't give away like a steak dinner or something like that. I gave away Dodgers tickets. Oh yeah. 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 And this month actually today live, maybe with you two sitting right here in front of me, I'm going to use a random name generator to determine who's going to win our next. And you're actually, like I said, I'm coming for you, Stephen. (laughs) Oh, cause uh, yeah, the, uh, the The podcast uh, rating, the podcast on uh, Apple podcasts. Where are we at in Korea right now in terms of ratings? Uh, zero. We're actually big in Malta and Malaysia okay. and Australia and the United Kingdom most recently. I'll but. have another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> so today we're talking about common struggles and mistakes. I think the number one is probably finding a doctor. Guys, th- this is like guys join the group just to ask this one question. We all know that you find a doctor, they're going to tell you that you're normal. If you go to your doctor, they're going to tell you that you're within the normal range and that they can't help you. Or they're going to treat you with a terrible protocol. Um, injecting every two weeks, not doing labs appropriately, that kind of thing. They'll use topicals and, and pellets and whatnot. Um, and digital or, rectal exams. Digital rectal, yeah. And if you find a good doctor, it's going to cost you, you know, three or $400 a month. So, Well, I mean, that was when you and I first talked about this, after I got my labs back, right? Like, that was basically the conversation. Like, well, let's go, go talk to your doctor. It's like, I have no idea what kind of background she has, I have no idea what that experience is going to be like. And I know that you're already treating with a doctor that has experience with this. Like, I don't want to go through like having an uphill battle. If I know that like, I can just go see somebody that's already familiar with treating guys. Yeah. And that's, 
that's the number one thing that I want to do is is keep like y'all don't have to make the same mistakes that I made. So, you know, use the advice. Go see Dr. Apple. He's great. And a lot of these on this list, y'all probably won't have experienced because of that. Um, but I think y'all will be able to speak to him because you see what the guys are asking, you know. So number two, I've got uh, just bad protocol in general. Um, and I think, well, what do y'all think is the most, just bad protocol, what is the most common issue that y'all see? I think it's too high of a dose in into the the time, the frequency is not yeah. not enough for two, like yeah. if the every every two weeks, 200 milligram. Yeah. That's 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 a scary thought because that's just going to send make make things worse. Yeah, and that's what worse. I wrote down yeah. is well, in, injection or like your own personal frequency. experience with the a, too small of a dose once a week. Yeah, I think that's rare now. Yeah. Um, I don't hear anybody complain that. Well, not anybody. I don't hear many people complain that they're just not getting enough. It's always you know ten days, fourteen days, even twenty one days, and I think that's probably the biggest problem. You know, speaking to the frequency, I mean. Having one dose that's two weeks or three weeks or 10 days, like I think it was you or, or somebody else that said, like, you actually end up in a worse position because yeah. you basically just lose everything. Yeah, I say that a lot. It's just enough to shut down your natural production and not enough to compensate to bring you back up above what you were. Like, I, I feel like that's it's we, we've talked about this before, right? Like there's there's no. There's no real benefit to a doctor being like super fluent in these things because the the money's just not there, right? And it's frustrating because you end up with a lot of people that actually could do more harm than good because they're just kind of taking a shot in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number three on my list was getting dialed in. Uh, Ian, I think you can speak to this one. Um, changing things. Well, some of the bullet points are, are changing things too frequently, waiting too long to do, to do labs, or not checking the correct labs. Um, you know, I hear about doctors continuing to check LH after you're on TRT that, I mean, it's a waste of money. And the fact that they don't know that is concerning because it's going to be zero either way. Um, but you speaking to get them dialed in, I know that's something that you struggled with whenever you started last year. Yeah. Um, what were some of the issues that you were having? Some of the issues, um, the, the side effects that I was having, obviously the, the, Acne on the back and the chest, um, some of the aggressive sort of ragey issues. Um, uh, don't exactly remember, but but I remember thinking like looking back at it now, like that I wasn't proactive enough with my doctor, and that was uh, that you know I was going through this, wasn't being um, forward enough with him to say I think we should do this, I think we should do that. I was kind of I had this blind trust in his direction. Um, and it turns out, you know, we were just treating, it seems like we were just treating side effects and not really adjusting the dose or adjusting the frequency of the dose. He was just, he kept me on the same protocol and wanted to throw more medicine, wanted to throw other medicines at it, which was, was frustrating me and ultimately led me to, to feel like I just hit the eject button. Yeah. I think it, that's the overarching like moral of my story is that he truly is, probably the best or at least top five best doctors that I know for TRT. And even he doesn't get it right, you know, yeah, cause I am not. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't want to throw four more 
weekly medications for the rest of my life on top of something just to, I mean, whenever you can change your protocol, back off, inject more frequently, whatever you need to do. Well, you've been on TRT for what, four years? Five or six. Five or six years. I've been on it for five or six weeks. Yeah. And you and I are on basically the same, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's where he started me. Oh, no. I mean, so I actually take less than you. You're 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 doing 200, right, a week? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm closer to like 160, 170, somewhere in there. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily love that starting everyone at 200. I think that became a thing like four years ago where it was like guys wanted to really see they like, they just want the benefit and they want 200 plus. And actually this doctor that we all three treat with has prescribed me up to 300 a week. And that was, wow. is it? Wow. That <laughs> you said 200 is, is like. Anything above that is considered non-therapeutic. That's when or that's kind, kind of, of the threshold. Yeah, like I mean, he prescribed me three hundred, so you can go above, but it it really you get judgment. Like if you come into the group and you say oh, I'm on two hundred two hundred fifty a week, they're going to say, well, that's a cycle, you know. But I mean, it's not. But yeah, that's kind of the weak threshold. Yeah. But I don't I don't really love the 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 fact that a lot of doctors tend to be doing that. So when I started, it was, we're going to start you at 75 or 50 a week. And now, and then it changed to this, we're going to go balls out and we're going to give you 200. I think, I think there's a happy medium, you know, start them on 125 or something and, and go from there. But yeah, I mean, I fully expect you to have some side effects and to have to adjust your dosage, but we'll get to that in another episode. So far, I, I don't feel, I can feel good. Good. So we can talk about that more though. Uh, number four on my list is uh, aromatase inhibitor. And this is something where I don't know if me and Steven disagree necessarily, but he is all about prolactin over estradiol. And I haven't quite subs- uh, subscribed to that bandwagon yet. There's not enough information out there for me. Uh, he's passionate that AIs are, he seems to be passionate that they're just never needed. And I would say that use them if your doctor has screwed you up, don't use them consistently. Use them to get yourself normal quickly and then adjust and see what you need to tweak to stay there. Um, but y'all, I mean, y'all see that that's like a common topic in the group. What are guys saying about AIs? Exactly what you said. Some some are like, you don't need that. And some are like, yeah, I'm on that. You know, the most recent thing that I can recall is somebody was saying that their doctor put them on. I forget what the dosage was, but say it was like, one milligram a week or something like that. And he's like, I'm taking half of that in a week. Yeah. Right. Like I think, I think there's enough, uh, I I think there's enough dialogue in the community where people are saying like, you know, whatever dosage it is, it's probably a lot more Mm -hmm. than maybe what you need. Yeah. I don't know if it's because the education level is growing, but it, it feels like this time last year and before I was getting a lot of messages like, private messages from guys that said that their doctor was prescribing three plus milligrams a week. And I haven't seen it in a long time, but that, I mean, that really blew my mind. Like whenever I was using it regularly, I would take 0.25 milligrams twice a week. And that after about four to six weeks would crash me and to take three milligram. I mean, it is potent. Y'all know that it's, it's a dangerous drug and it, it will, easily make you feel worse than you did before you started TRT, especially oh, taking three milligrams. I would say it, last year when I was on it at the, at my eight week visit it was when our, um, our doctor put me, put me on an AI and it's wish I, it's something I wish I had educated myself more on 
uh, at the time because I definitely had that that effect. And I think you and I talked through that, and he's put me on like half a half a milligram a week. But you know, after a few weeks, you know, you start to you start to feel that you start to feel that crash. And I wish I had been more educated on maybe switching to sub Q and, you know, you see some of these things, these guys recommend like every three and a half days or, you know, doing sub Q and they, they just, they, they can glide along nicely without having to have an AI. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's something I regret not also not pursuing further knowledge of instead of just again, blindly listening to the doctor. Oh, doctor knows what's best. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of doctors do know, but I think the problem is that he's only going to see you a few times a year and he knows yeah, maybe that three or four. Yeah. yeah. He, he can cast a, a net and help more people by just saying, here's the AI versus saying you really need to be seeing me every week if we're going to get this dialed in. So that's kind of where the group comes into play. We, yeah. we you can talk through it, you know, more regularly than your appointments. Cause it, it, it's not something that you can, I mean, Eric over here, maybe and sometimes it is something that you can, like it's just simple. It's easy to get dialed in, but for the most part, it it takes much more than just a quarterly office visit. What about the ones I, I love seeing? No, I hate seeing um, <laughs> when Sipionate is compounded with an Astrazole. Like you're going to need this right out of the gate. That's something that a lot of the the mail order clinics will do. Their wow. compounding pharmacies. Okay, um, I'm not familiar with that. They yeah. will. You'll get your sip, and it's mixed already. It's got the AI included, and it's like you have no idea if you need it, how much you need. Like, what's the point? Like, you're taking two opposing substances at the same time when you could just take less. Because they affect one. two different hormones, right? Yeah, but it's like just back off the without the test. HCG or. Is it, uh, could it be either, either, one. either one? Yeah, either okay. way. It's just like, here's your vial of test, and it's already got the AI in it. And oh. the group is wise enough, you know, for the most part, when they see that, they're like, oh, you need another doctor. And, and it's true. Like, that is, that's a huge mistake. Like, that's honestly, like, if you could, it's scary. <laughs> if you could, if you could somehow in Facebook, like, pull all of the responses that people have to all the different, like, posts, you need a different doctor or something <laughs> there is probably the most yeah. common response. Either that or they're being a complete jerk. It's like total douchebag or you need another doctor or, yeah. Uh, also with AI, we kind of touched on it, but prescribing it too early. Um, I, no one should ever be prescribed an astrazole before their labs indicate that they need it and mm-hmm. they have their symptomatic period. But what are what are common symptoms that people have to to get them to the point that says like I probably need something? I think the one that is the rarest, but most people have in the forefront of their mind is uh, gynecomastia. Start developing breast tissue. It's, I, I mean, I can't even uh, maybe four times in the five or six years we've had the group that I've seen somebody that's actually developed it. Um, so other than that, it's like a lot of the low E symptoms mimic the high E symptoms, but you could start having erectile issues. And well, for Steven's benefit, I will say this, we don't know for sure yet if they are low E high E or high prolactin prolactin will elevate with estradiol. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it, most guys will blame on estradiol, but it it could be prolactin. And that's Steven's argument is that it's not estrogen that's the problem, it's prolactin. So how do you dial in prolactin? It goes up with estrogen and then it would go down with something like cabergoline. Um, it's an additional medication that you can take that'll drop it down. But realistically, I think like with everything else, the best way to handle it is just to 
change your protocol. If it becomes an issue, inject more frequently, smaller doses. Trying to mimic the natural. Yeah. Not trying to do like a once a week. Yeah. 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 Um, But a a lot of the symptoms are just feeling bad. I mean, you can get headaches and and, uh, fatigue and a lot of the symptoms that you had before TRT, it's the same stuff. But whenever, when you start feeling that, something's something's out of line. Sure. Um, HCG, and, and I've said this a couple of times, I've had a really firm stance on HCG and it seemed like I want every guy on it. And I, that's not really the case. I'm not currently taking HCG. So it, it's something that I cycle on and off of because it does make dialing in more difficult. However, what I am passionate about is education and I want guys to know that you don't have to stop testosterone to conceive a child. You can remain fertile on HCG, mm-hmm. um, that you are losing out on other key hormones like DHEA and pregnolone and that kind of thing without HCG research doesn't really show that you have to have those things, but I just want people to know that without HCG, you lose stuff with HCG, HCG, you don't lose stuff. And I guess at this point, that's just kind of my vanilla stance. You know, I don't have like a super passion for it, but too many guys just aren't aware of it. I told my wife that, if I didn't take it, that the potatoes might get a little smaller and sure. she was out on that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that actually, that bothers me more than anything. When somebody says, do I need HCG? And they're like, well, I'm married. I don't care about my testicles and I don't need to have kids. It's so much more than that. So as long as people know that it doesn't stop with tiny testicles, <laughs> then I'm fine with whatever, take it or don't. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at you on this one, Ian discontinuing treatment because of side effects. So, it's rare, and that's becoming, I guess, the moral of this episode is that it's rare to not be able to handle side effects with just protocol and dosing and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you you definitely stopped cold turkey, cold turkey, because it was acne like I was seventeen again. Um, and was that all over your body, or was it was it, it was primarily chest, back. Um, no face, no facial really. Um, some, some neck, I'm trying uh, and shoulders. And then I'm talking these painful cystic stuff. Yes. Yeah. And it was, it might've been one a day, one or two a day, like yeah. that popped up. Wow. And I, and I tried, I tried everything that you, know, you see in the group. I see, you know, special soap, um, Dawn dish soap for me. It didn't work. Uh, Mark, Mark told you about Dawn just dish soap. I'm <laughs> it doesn't sure. work. No, it doesn't work at all. Uh, it's a wives tale. Every time people start talking about Dawn dish soap it makes me sick. Remembering having that stupid bottle of soap in my shower and it yeah, doing nothing. It, it, it dries right. your skin. That's it. Yeah, it does that. Uh, special soaps and things like that. And you, you really have to stay diligent about it. And it's almost, you know, at this point, at this point in the year, we live in Texas. Most of us are taking two showers a day anyway to have a good night's sleep. So you'd have to maintain at least two good scrubs a day with with, yeah. with special soap and benzoyl peroxide or uh, salicylic acid. Those are like the that. two things that it works. So everything about TRT to, for me seems to be cyclic. Like I can take Dawn dish soap never worked, but like the benzoyl peroxide, mm-hmm. I got, I've, I'm using stuff right now. I think it's, um, it's like 15% benzoyl peroxide and it, it works. Well, it works usually. It's not working now, mm-hmm. so it's it's almost like I get immune to it, and I have to back off and maybe switch to dish soap for a while or something. <laughs> but it works for you know a few months, and then it doesn't work for a few months. Well, and the other thing is too, I 
I'm definitely willing to trade off some acne here and there for a milder form of acne for all the positive benefits that came with it, which there certainly was. Um, however, it again, I approached my my doctor and said, this is what, and we threw uh, Bactrim at it, um, did a course of that for 30 days. That didn't work. And then the next thing was he wanted to prescribe, I think it was doxycycline or something like that, another uh, antibiotic. And I just, I, that's when I hit the eject button. I was like, I'm, I'm tired of, my position was I wanted to adjust the dose and he didn't, he didn't want to do that. He just wanted to take another, start me on another course of antibiotics. Yeah. And I just, I think I'd had enough at that point. Um, so I, you know, quit, quit cold Turkey and the acne, honestly, the acne was continued, continued for another month and month and a half. Yeah. It takes um, a while for things. Pretty. To... I mean, I struggle to believe that something that is, that is hormonal driven is going to be cured by something like an antibiotic. Oh, it'll knock it out. Really? Yes. For me, Doxy and I still I have it on hand. Um, I have acne right now, so like obviously I'm not taking it. But whenever I would use it, I mean two or three days, you know, six capsules, and like I would I'd stop because it dries my skin. Like no acne, no moisture, everything's dry. It really worked. I would add is that I went through a pretty I went through a pretty rough stage of life with acne as a, as a teenager. I ended up. I ended up on Accutane, which is the nuke for terrible. It's terrible for you, and I mean, it probably destroys your liver. And um, you know, they put they put those warnings on there that you know, pregnant women those are pregnant. Pregnant that, women can't be in the same room with someone who ever did Accutane. That's the one. It, so they take it pretty seriously. So it tells you tells you what what it might be doing to your insides. Um, and so I kind of maybe it's uh, maybe it was some sort of that traumatic. Uh, feeling of like, here we go again. Like I'm all I'm doing is going down this road where we're going to end up taking Accutane and yeah, my head, my lips and my, you know, everything's going to be dried out all the time. I, I just didn't want that. So mm-hmm. I don't know much about Accutane kind of except fear. that it, a lot of people say it's probably one of the most dangerous medications you can, it's ever dangerous. Take. It certainly does the trick, but man, it, it's uh, a side effects too. It's, uh, it's not good. Can I, and again, I can't, imagine what's doing to the liver yeah so number seven on the list and i don't know that this one's super common but guys guys will say go get your e2 checked and what they don't specify is that you need they'll, they'll just go get like the standard estradiol um the standard estradiol testing but you need the sensitive estradiol testing the standard's going to come back and it's going to do you no good so when you start testing e2 make sure you're getting the sensitive which apple will apple will do for you but that's all thanks apple Number eight, good RX. You mentioned it once or twice in the group. I mention it as often as I can. Guys don't know about good RX, and I just want them to. I swear, I see good RX commercials all the time on TV. Right. It. it I don't. And Kevin Apple's the one that introduced me to it four or five years ago. Yeah, they throw it at you. At yeah, office. and like, like do this. you're checking out. Yeah. Hey, do you know about good yeah. RX? They've got like coupons. He's and all like, sorts of download stuff. this app right now with me in the room, and, yeah. and I'm like, okay. He doesn't get any. He doesn't benefit from it. He doesn't get a kick. Well, I mean, I guess they to, could be to me, him, that's but. like a sign of a good doctor, though, because yeah. like they care about your well being, and it's like they're trying to help you get care for the for the best value possible. Yeah, and, and too many guys will just. And I guess I don't use GoodRx for HCG. Um, the compounding pharmacy that you probably get it from the same place I do, they don't accept anything. Okay, but they're 
Is it the one in Frisco? Frisco? Yeah, yeah uh, Drug Crafters. Yeah. So it's sixty-five, it. seventy bucks for ten thousand IU's. Yeah. Where you'll, and I just saw, yeah, yeah, and I just saw some guys talking this morning about two, two hundred and fifty dollars for the same amount. I'm like, just make some phone calls. Don't trust your stupid doctor. Yeah, there's good RX. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people that that say, oh, I want my, I wish my insurance would cover this, or I wish my insurance would pay for it. What they don't realize is that insurance can limit. Uh, at least mine would limit the amount you could get at one time. So you'd end up instead of with a 10 milli, milli yeah. bottle, you Five get I mean, you four. three or four mm-hmm. at a time, or they limit the amount of the month you can get in a certain time frame, or like you can only get this much in 90 days yeah. or 30 days or whatever it might be. Good RX, you just skirt around that yep. and you have what, 10 weeks for roughly 45 for bucks. 45, 40, uh-huh. yeah, something. Yeah. Every time I go to 30, CVS, 39 bucks right now. Yeah. Every time I go, I have to say, before, like I'm dropping dropping off yeah. the script, I'm like, I don't want to use my insurance. I'm going to use GoodRx. Please fill it as it's written. I don't want four one milliliter vials, you right. know. And it's, I get back and I they hand me the bag and I open it up and it's four one milliliter vials <laughs> or a five, and I'm like, I'm going to kill someone. Yeah, you have to go park, go inside, and say this is not. It makes what my your life, wrote. your TRT life, so much easier. Yeah, so, I should have calculated how many times I've had to do that over the years. Every ten weeks for on, five or six years. Uh, so Kevin's office too. sent over my prescription. This is when I first got prescribed. Sent it to Walgreens, and I go, or uh, no, it was a it was a handwritten. So I had to go that's, drop it off. That's the so best I, way to do it. Yeah. So I, so I drop it off, and then before I even left, I said I want one ten milliliter bottle of the two hundred, and I don't want the individual one mill. Like I don't want the individual bottles. I want the ten. That's what the prescription says. I'm not using my insurance. I'm using GoodRx. All right, no problem. I get a I get a message like an hour later from from Walgreens. Your insurance, <laughs> there's been a delay on your prescription because yeah. of insurance. Please call us. So I call in. I'm like, I'm not using insurance. <laughs> what was miscommunicated? Yeah, they. I'll get those texts too every now and then, but then I'll get one three hours later that says I'm not proactive. I don't call them or reactive. I don't call them. I just sit and wait, and then they'll oh you're whatever it's ready. They usually work it out themselves somehow. I don't know. If that's like a default. They have notes in the computer. That's probably just a generic default. Uh, we're delayed. Let's blame it on insurance button that they click, you know, and it sends they a text. Need more time. Yeah. Uh, number nine. And if there was one thing that I could ask people to stop asking me privately, it's where to inject. I don't give a shit where you inject. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could inject in your delt. You can inject in your bicep, in your pec. You could eject it in your penis. I don't care. It doesn't matter. (laughs) People get so hung up on these like little nuances of TRT that don't make a difference. Injected in your quad, you might bleed a little bit more. Injected in your glute, if you've got the dexterity in your shoulders, I can't. I can't reach my butt to do an injection. But if you can, go for it. Um, You and I have talked about this. Yeah. The the thing for me is the ability to grip it and press with my thumb. Yeah. For Mm -hmm. me... That's why I do it in my quad because I can sit mm-hmm. right on the edge of my tub. I've got my thigh exposed and I can do the outside of it midway yeah. up and very little pain. It goes right in and it's it's super easy. I will say the one thing that I've heard people talk about and I've tried it the last couple of times that's actually helped is so I draw and then I take the syringe and I put it under hot water in the sink and it does warm the oil up enough to where it actually goes in a lot smoother and you don't have to push as much. Yeah. What, so what, are you 27 gauge? Yeah. Yeah. I just switched to 30 and I'm not a fan at all. 
you probably have to push yeah. super it, hard. I'm I'm conditioned aren't to you push. Be, aren't, have you as your syringes a little bit? Yeah, they're they bend because I'm like shaking trying to push so hard. <laughs> and I'm not saying that it can't be done. And a lot of guys look at 27 gauge that way, but I am 27 is like perfect for me. I'm conditioned for five years to push with the perfect amount of pressure, but 20 or 30 gauges. Rough. I swear I saw somebody the other day say that they're using a 22 gauge inch and a half. I mean, it, it happens. Oh my. It's a hole punch. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so the number 10 uh, common struggle slash mistake is listening to bros. Um, and because there are so many nuances that do matter, not injection site um, guys, guys give advice and, and then the advice seeker will just switch things. They'll, cut their dose in half. They'll just, they just, they listen to too many people and you really have to listen to your body. And once you get accustomed to, if you can get past like a six month mark and you're just accustomed and you know what, how you're going to respond to things and how you're feeling, you can do it yourself. But when I'm saying all this, I really kind of hate that number 10, that listening to bros is kind of a weak uh, thing, but I think I'm going to leave it in this episode anyway. But I think, I mean, I think there's validity to that, right? There's a difference between science and bro science. Yeah. Right. Like there's a difference between like, well, this worked for me and it's kind of anecdotal versus this is just kind of a generally accepted. Like a lot of people are, are doing this. A collective knowledge of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the, if I could pinpoint it further, it would be if someone's telling you to do something drastic, probably don't do it. If they're telling you to pick up an extra injection day, go for it. If they're telling you to drop by a, a fraction of your dose, go for it, but don't cut your dose in half because some guy with muscles said so. Or start stacking all these other supplements yeah. with your, your yeah. protocol. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I appreciate your guy, you guys's input. Y'all. No, we're not in Texas. Totally in Texas. That's all I got. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the TRT community podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.